Ben James. I'm joined by Simon Thomas and Andy Howell to dissect uh, Wales's defeat to France in Cardiff, which means that their Six Nations title hopes are now realistically over. Uh, what do we make of it, gents? Well, I thought, first and foremost, that was a fantastic game <laughs> to watch. And particularly if you were a neutral, I would imagine it would have been pretty frustrating for a lot of Welsh fans and certainly the Welsh management. But there was so much incident there. It's like, like I said earlier, and where, where on earth do you begin with that? Hello. Uh, oh, sorry, you woke me up then. Uh, yeah. Where do you begin with that? Well, there was so much, uh, you know, there were so many uh, uh, key moments. And, um, you know, I thought... Let's get this straight from the outset. Yes. France deserved to win that match. I wouldn't disagree. Because I thought they were far more clinical, much better with the ball. They beat Wales at that aerial kicking game, hands down. Um, Their defence was much better than a Welsh defence. You know, they put their bodies on the line. See the Sean Edwards effect. They were so aggressive. Stopped Wales and they fought and they harried Wales and they targeted players like Lee Halfpenny's example. They targeted him. With uh, because they know how much work he does around the back, they run him around the pitch with their kick in, and he put up a couple of uh, the the one try came from a pinpoint up and under, an uh, excellent chase. A couple of Welsh players as well might have gone away, and of course the ball went loose for him to score that uh, score that try. And yet, it was a Wales a game that Wales could easily have won if you look a bit at, at it, you know. I think they were probably the two contentious decisions in the game. I'm interested to hear what your thoughts are on these. There was obviously the knockdown by Villemes, as as um, Ken Owens was trying to put Josh Adams in the corner. Just a knock on was the decision. Wales, I think, felt penalty, then potentially a penalty try. And also there was the penalty awarded against Wales. As they were up against 14 men, big scrum. Uh, after the French tighter had been yellow carded, Wales felt the Demba Bamba went straight across the scrum. He felt he should have been penalised. So they've got two key incidents there where they feel they were hard done by. What did you think? Well, did he go straight across the scrum or did Rob Evans? Rob Evans, I thought Rob Evans folded in. And was that because, was it Wales thought, we got him at the scrum, we got him on toast, we just won a few penalties, got that guy sinbinned and thought, yeah, you know, against a, um, a weakened French scrum now, this is going to be easy and they got caught cold. Don't forget, Bamba was coming on fresh as well. Uh, though I haven't said that, Rob Evans hasn't been on that long. But, you know, they can moan about the scrum wheels and all, but everybody cheats. Everybody bends the rules. So, um, you know, you guys, you just got to take that. That's one of those things. You know, Rob Evans, they say about if Bamba went across, Rob Evans should have held him up. <coughs> You know, but he never. So. He followed him across, didn't he? What, yeah. a, what about the, the penalty try show? Right, though? I thought that was a definite penalty and a yellow card, but I'm not sure if it was a penalty try. Olivon, I think, was coming Olivon across. was coming across someone else, and I think by that stage, Jock, uh, Josh Adams was crocked. His ankle was heavily uh, strapped, and I'm not sure if he would have made it anyway. I'm not sure player mobility comes... Yeah, but I'm not sure. Minds, I don't think it, it was a definite... I don't think it was going to be a definite let me try. Let to you. Do you think Paul Wilhelms did that deliberately? Yes. Or was it just in yes. the act of making yes, the tackle? Because, yes, because after the officials took the decision, which was based on what the uh, assistant referee, Carl Dixon, uh, saw, you could see in the background the French celebrating and the player going, yes, he's got away with it. Well, if you feel Wilhelms did that deliberately, a deliberate knockdown... I thought he was cute how he did it. Should it have been a penalty and a yellow card then? Yes. Definitely. Well, I think if you, I think you can't take into account the strapping on Josh Adams's leg. Then, you look at it. Adams was unmarked. I think, given his predatory nature, 
what's the phraseology on a penalty try? In all likelihood, in all probability, a try would have been scored. I, if I, that ball had got into Josh Adams' hands, I think in all probability, a try would have been scored. I, I don't think that because no? Olivia was uh, was coming uh, uh, was coming across field and he might have forced him into touch. We know Adams is a great finisher, so we're basing it on Josh, Josh Adams' uh, predatory instincts, but. I still guarantee he would have scored. I think you've got to be certain it would have been a try. Mm. Did you feel as well, um, prior to Bamba coming on, the tight end obviously got yellow carded up to the third penalty offence. Were you thinking that was entering towards penalty try territory there? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, why not if they go down? To me, if it, if you crumble a scrum and when a team's trying for the try line, it looks like they're going to go over, it should automatically be a penalty try. This is one of the problems with rugby. Such a negative game. When it comes to officiating, they give people so many chances. You know, you know, it takes three, four with some refs. It can take eight, nine, sometimes not at all before a card is brandished or a, a yellow or a, um, or a penalty try is given. Should give it a straight. You know my thoughts yes, on crime and all that. I know your thoughts. On you crime, know, yeah. punish it straight away, yeah. immediately. Hang him a flog. Same in rugby. Hang him a flog. Him. I wouldn't go that far. Sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't give people but so, you know yeah, you know, I know it's a different uh, thing but if someone uh, commits a serious crime you don't give them a second chance do you right and that was a serious <laughs> rugby crime returning to the rugby yeah um, so let's <laughs> I think we've talked a lot about sort of you know those those key moments but let's talk about individuals um, who stood up today and, and impressed and who maybe left a little to I, I, be boss Moriarty I thought Moriarty as well various reasons he was very much Wales's go-to man at the line when their first four yeah. lineouts in the match and you've not really seen him used yeah. as a lineout target before he was aggressive he was physical he was into people carrying his kind of game because it was a bit, it was a bit testy out there and wasn't it it certainly was and uh, but I thought he was excellent all around I think Wales only threw uh, uh, twice to other people one you to know, Jake Ball Wainwright Wainwright won one as well I think when he came on mm. but uh, Moriarty he made yards and he was uh, obviously we knew he'd be right up for it and he was but um, uh, he kept his discipline gained his composure and you know he was hit it was a frenetic contest wasn't it at times one much structure and he was uh, right in the thick of the action thought he was good Nick Tompkins, apart from his uh, the, the giving away that it's interception, that blemish thing. I thought, yeah, I thought yeah. he had a good match though. He saw a lot of the ball, and uh, he did some good things. It looked uh, like he was going to win it in the final play. Yeah, but that was definitely a penalty because he was holding on to the ball Fantastic on the floor. He was led on a Camille shot. Yeah, some people are moaning though that him uh, and his shot as uh, oh, was involved in the tackle and removed his arms and before going back on the ball. It's back to the scrum. He wasn't. He wasn't involved in the tackle because no, he, he, he came in, didn't he? He comes past the ruck, around the ruck, and then yeah. he sort of skids around in it and gets over it. Maybe, maybe the the French tackler didn't didn't release, but definitely you know cameo sheet. I mean, it, it is a little bit of a worry though because we, we've picked out a couple of people there in Moriarty, a fine game, um, but there aren't that many members of that Wales team. You would think really sort of enhanced themselves, particularly other bigger did some good things, but. He looked a bit. He looked a bit hurried at times. I thought. Hurry, but well, France would put him under a lot of pressure, exactly, mind, yeah. because they, because of Sean, their short Edwards effect. They were so aggressive, so quick at line speed. Plus, I will also say France were offside a lot. Yeah. Their, their three quarters or whatever. But Kenowitz put a big up. shift in. Um, I think we, we were offside in Dublin though. 
But yeah, no, yeah, it's, everyone's offside. I mean, it? that's it, another thing. You know, we're on about cheating and all that. Well, that's what you do if well, you can get away with it. I mean, there. the thing, the fact that we pointed out that there weren't that many individuals that really shown does just throw everything up in the air in terms of the selection. Yeah, well, Wales because the game, the championship's now gone, and isn't yeah, it? So yeah, yeah. does that well, change the dam- dimensions of the selection? Yeah, the only problem is they play England next, so you can't just throw loads of people in there and. Um, and uh, you know, and so yeah. and expect them to come off. You're gonna have to go because England is such a powerful team. You're gonna have to go there with some, uh, uh, you know, some uh, experienced players and all. But there's certainly positions you can look at. Uh, it could be now after um, Josh Hill had HIA. Josh Adams had ankle injury, looked quite nasty. Uh, so it could be Wales going to be searching for two wingers. And to play course, there, but it looks we... like Liam Williams is on the way back, so I suspect he would play. Well, the question is, do they throw Liam straight in? Do you think? They might, they might not have a choice because of the injury situation. They've also they got to look at Johnny McNichol. He was, uh, you know, another poor tackle attempt for the French front uh, of the line-out peel for a try. Is he up to international level? I'm a great fan of him as a regional rugby player, but sometimes players struggle to make a big step up. Uh, you know, I heard you guys on the gain line. Um, I think it was Matthew Southcombe, guilty man. Questioning about throwing in Lewis Rees Zamet against England, saying they play in England and all. Well, I got a question for Matt. I know he's not here to answer, but who does what league does Rees Zamet play in, and what players does he play in on a weekly against on a weekly basis, and who does he score tries against on a weekly basis? English rugby players. So he would have no fear whatsoever about facing those boys, and if anything, the English boys would fear play, facing him. So if there's a vacancy on a wing. Play him. Maybe they should play him anyway. What about because the championship's gone now? What about elsewhere selection-wise? Do you think there's anybody who perhaps wasn't involved today who was on the bench is, is banging the door? I thought that Will Rollins made impression when he came on, mm. but I don't know if you start with him. Mm. You look like impact, you know. Uh, how long is Corey Hill going to be out for? Well, he trained in the warm-up the day before the game, a little bit right. of a run-through. So I, I spoke to the Wales management about who was like coming through and who was likely to be back. And I got the impression Hill, for example, was ahead of Navidi in the return mm. to play stakes. So I don't think Josh is going to be ready for triggering yeah. I think Hill might come in the equation. i tell you what Wales uh, could do if they wanted and they were ambitious. And thought is they uh, they could look at their uh, they could look at their halfbacks, and they could look at their midfield, and they could make all sorts of changes if you want, if they wanted. Thomas Williams, I think he should start at scrum half because I think he's a better scrum half than Gareth Davis, and because um, there was instance of that game today when uh, France had Aldred in the Simbin. Uh, yep, yep. Yeah, the they, put get, they put Fico Aldred, in the scrum as number eight. If you look to the right, they had no left wing, France. Wales, all he had to do was solid scrum, go right with a bonus score. What did they do? They all lined up on the opposite, on the left-hand side. It's unbelievable. Surely someone on the pitch would see that. You know, you should be looking. And uh, right at Thomas um, Williams, there's an argument as well, definite argument, the impact he made when he came on, is to start with Jared Evans. Uh, either at number 10 or as an inside centre. Because Wales, until he came on, they were just kicking the ball away and they lost that kicking battle today. Mm. by a mile and he just kept kicking a ball down the pitch you know we were supposed to see when this new regime all this running rugby and all well I haven't seen much evidence of it they had chances today to run it back and they never my concern um, I said this on the game line is if you look at the way Pivak and Stephen Jones played at the Scarlets it was all about quick ball both recycled ball and also in particularly turnover ball um, and at the moment, they're struggling to deliver either of those two things. Um, the ball was slowed down very effectively by the French there, but the way they swarmed numbers into the breakdown. 
and we weren't we weren't really winning any turnover yeah. ball over the ball. So you look at the makeup of the back row options, all excellent players in their own right. But if you look at what Sakalitz had, James Davis was key to a tight burn. Josh McLeod's been the same thing. Turnover specialists, and perhaps Wales looking at balance. If you look at it, there's no Josh Navidi, no Ellis Jenkins, no James Davis, no Thomas Young involved. Given them that the Scarlet's game plan and the Pivac was so much reliant on that turnover, but I just wonder if the balance is right for the way they want to play. Yeah, that's a good point. But I, Thank I, you. I, I, yes, but I think Wales' problem at breakdown day. They're not committing enough players. So they break down. Well, but of Wales course... Wales going t- in in twos. They don't, and France are not clearly targeted that breakdown. Mm. So once again, why didn't Wales think on their feet and start committing more players to the breakdown? We saw it in the last match as well. They were not committing enough players. Well, and of course, you, that scarlet plan works well at that level. This is international rugby, mind. It's a different level, isn't it? So you have a few... Like, it's interesting. Know. I mean, we, we talked... Well, you haven't seen that work at international level because if you look at the sort of the, the pod formation Wales are trying to play in, it's the same pod formation that Japan did really well at the World Cup, and it's the same pod formation that Ireland are now bringing through, which is a sort of um, a one two, was it one yeah a one three two two. Hmm. So basically, yeah. you got one one forwards hangs on the one wing, three a pod of three sort of on say the the middle to left side of the pitch, pod of two, and then a pod of two on on, on the right wing. Yeah, yeah but France eventually, uh, not France, Japan eventually found out the World Cup by South Africa. Because of the power of South Africa, doing what sort of thing France did. They, Japan as well, I would argue, got far more skillful rugby players than Wales, so they suited to that type of game. Yeah. Wales today, I'm not sure if our players are skilled enough to play this what I call pretty boy rugby at international level. You've got the skills to do it today. Loads of the Wales passes went to ground, but it was just you know, it ate them, scared them. They lack fluency, they lack rhythm then. And uh, so it's sad. It's difficult then to keep all the ball patience and go through the uh, through the phases. I would also consider as well at centre of I mean playing Tompkins at inside centre and uh, Owen Watkins at outside centre against England. We need to start. We need to look, look that you know Watkins is an experienced international player, and we do need to. You might as well use this time to look ahead with certain selections. Maybe give Jared Evans a go there as well. You know, he makes things happen. And against England, you, the way to beat them is to make things happen and score some tries. Because I don't think you'll beat them in a goal if it comes down to, uh, you know, it's a, a kicking fest. It's a, it's a kind of watershed point now, isn't it? Because we've got three into games into this championship. It's over as far as retaining the title is concerned. There are questions now. We've raised them all you know, the last yeah. couple of hours about the way Wales are playing, the new Wales. Is it working? The issues, the problems. You know, it's a real watershed point. I mean, do they stick to their guns about the way they want to play, or do they have to slightly tinker? We've entered the international arena now. Perhaps it doesn't quite work, or is it just no? We push ahead with this. The offloading, ball handling game. We just have to improve our skill execution and improve our cutting edge. Because there were a couple of times when they breached the line today, not many, but when they did, they weren't able to turn those into tries. For, um, France defended them quite well, man. They got players in the way that sort of stopped preventing Welsh players from I, I passing just, off. I just think they have to find a way somehow of addressing the breakdown area. I mean, they've got one of the greats we've seen in modern times in Sam Warburton assisting in that front. Got to find a way of getting quicker ball, certainly when we go into contact, because we were slowed down today an awful lot. 
you know, does that come more just as like simple thing like you, uh, Ben said about Japan? It's because Japan present the ball so well by laying it back so well. Welsh players know. perhaps don't lay it back so well. Perhaps they go too far in the contact. We were blown area, away they? in the contact area yeah, a few but, times. Well, they today. went for it, didn't they, yeah, France? Really, and we didn't was, have enough numbers, so they outweighed us. They were aggressive in the break. Yeah, the counter wrecking was aggressive. Yeah, but if you only commit two or three people and the opposition are committing five and the ball is there, you've got a problem, haven't you? Mm. I think they addressed that in the second half a bit. They did, they did put more Wales numbers into there. But more, well, Wales dominated that second half in terms of territory massage. It was a weird one again because once again, there was a really realistic chance of France building a big lead and being pegged back by Wales. And actually, Wales had a lot more of that game today than they did in the World Cup quarterfinal. Yeah, they did. Uh, you know, how well, much ball and territory they had, really, they perhaps they should have won it. So is the uh, difference... Should Wales, the, you know... So is the difference Gatland then? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> ask, the well, ask, the, ask the Welsh public. But I think, <laughs> you know, I think they were... I think they were... Let's face facts, right? Yeah. If Gatland was coach going into the game, most people would have expected Wales to win. But because this is a new uh, re- uh, regime, people quite, at the moment haven't got like, the same confidence in our regime. So people were seeing this as more of a 50-50 game or the French... Or the French of maybe a French win. Yeah, perhaps we haven't given enough credit to France because we talked an awful yeah, exactly. lot about Wales. But I mean, they're an exciting side to watch. Mm. I mean, Entermark, I thought today, I mean, we talked a lot about Dupont going into the game, but it was the other half-back, Roman Entermark. We're both old enough to remember watching his dad, Emile, play, and he was a fine player. And this kid is something special, only 20. His kicking out of hand was tremendously, the variety of his kicking. And also, the way him and Dupont the axis they developed and then you've got a beast it's great when you're young kids aren't you playing finding your way with real talent and you've got a beast like Vakatawa to give the ball to if you're in any, any doubt at all yeah. Fico on the wing as well and a big game well looking at the French both their halfbacks were both getting a Wales team in my opinion the fullback were getting a Wales team he's a really good player knows exactly what he's doing very accurate and things Fico would walk into that Wales team somewhere and I would say today both their centres were getting into that Wales team so yes, they have got good. So if players. you're picking a combined side t- at the end of that game today, how many Welshmen will get into it? Well, you have Josh Adams in there. Um, Adams. And no, I, I <laughs> position Fico. No, well Adams. That's it. What else? Only one in the backs in my back line that will get in the team. Okay, and maybe Moriarty in the pack row alongside um, Aldrich and Olivon. Yeah, Moriarty. Um, would Alan Wynne Jones get in that team? <laughs> well he might he may he may well yeah he may get in there yeah, potentially and then um, I thought Dylan Lewis did alright in a loose mind generally <laughs> actually after everything no? this, again yeah. and the scrum wasn't too bad you, you, you know in Twi- Twickenham say, say, say Corey Hill is fit for Twickenham yeah could do you think oh let's use this experiment now as championship and gone do you play on? Do you play Corey Hill as captain instead of Alan Wynne Jones? Do, do you play a different hooker instead of Ken Owens? We know what they, they can do. Not in Twickenham. No. No, 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 that's, uh, no, no. that's fair. That's why I'm asking a question. <laughs> Not in Twickenham. Because I think, you know, you put inexperienced players in Twickenham and it goes badly. Well, Corey Hill's not inexperienced, is he? No, but I mean, you talk about Ryan Alliance if you're talking about Ken, for example, or, you know, Lewis Rue Summit. I mean, if you put them in and Will's on heavy defeat... That yeah, could, it's a that lot easier, mind, to put a wing be, in and it is yeah, a forward. Could be damaging. I think you have to go... Yeah. you got to you got to check in with what you think is the team that's most likely to try and win the game. Well, you need to be Summit, innit, then? Simply. I look forward to reading yeah. your piece on that, Lions. Well, you do need him. You should have played him against Italy, shouldn't you? I would agree with that. Hmm. Let's have a look at him. You know, well, you could say he's 19 now, mind. He is. A lot of Welsh players have been capped at 18. <laughs> well, he's max 20. Yeah, yep. exactly. And he's been playing international rugby since he was 18. 
and it, look how he's improved. He stuck with him, and he's improved. You know, when he first came on the scene, he you know he was work in progress. But he's getting better and better. So, what do we expect then from the rest of the campaign? It's going to be tough now, isn't it? Going to you know on the back of two defeats, going to Twickenham. Obviously, we need to see how England do tomorrow. But let that you know, if England win that game tomorrow, they'll be red hot favourites against Wales at Twickenham, and. Um, you know, you would expect them to win, really. Though Wales, you know, Wales, if they hit their straps, could give them some uh, some problems if they pick the right team. But no, it's going to be a tough campaign. Uh, then, you know, Wales should beat Scotland, really, in Cardiff in their final match. But say they do come unstuck at Twickenham and end up well beaten, it'd be a lot of collateral damage and mentally. And uh, Scotland um, would really fancy it. Yeah, I think there needs to be... A, we just need to see a bit more clarity about exactly what they're trying to do in terms of the game plan. Because <coughs> when you think back to um, what you'd hope to see from this set, you're hoping to see attacking evolve, evolvement, isn't it? evolution is the word, isn't it? Attacking evolution and precision in attack. I mean, it's been a bit... The words I used earlier, harem scareum in attack. Certainly it was today. Not it didn't feel always that controlled the attacking game. Well it wasn't any precision in it, was it? It was just what when we made ground, it was who won up bricks. I mean, I suppose is that just gonna are we just gonna have to be patient and say it's gonna take time for these players to get used to the gonna game a game that is heavily reliant on, on skills. I think that's where skills. for all this talk of Wales having experience, this is one of those situations where maybe that's not a good thing because at the end of the day Pivak's inherited a team that's got 800 caps between it. Which is pretty 800 caps yeah. playing Gatlin's way of rugby. Ingrained in them, isn't it? Uh, you know, people, people talk about, you know, Gatland is undoubtedly a world-class coach. And yes, he did come in and get a grand slam in his first campaign. But that was taking an underperforming team under Gareth Jenkins, which was effectively rudderless, but full of very good players, and just giving them a basic structure and then people sort of airbrushed the fact that 2010 was a disaster where he basically had to rip at the foundations and, and, and throw a lot of youth in. And then they, they, they seem to forget that they spent a lot of then the 2010s between that 2013 Six Nations and largely up to sort of the 2017, 2018 period. 2018, actually. Yeah, moaning okay. about the, the the lack of attacking options. You know, it's just it's yeah. just typical Welsh rugby that we, we, we spent a, a large period of Gatland's T- tenure moaning about the, the lack of attack and now we're three games into Pivac's period and, and, and people are moaning that we're, we're trying to play too much attack in rugby in, in, in lieu of, of winning games that's worse for you Ben either you know we either full or half or it's completely empty aren't we what, what, what worries me a little bit is that in international rugby and rugby generally these days one of the primary sources of um, points is attacking five metre line outs Fran showed it yeah. today He's got a really well executed. That was a problem under Gatlin. Really well, a really well executed move of the training ground. Wales, you're right. It's not just now. It's yeah, that's while. been a problem for a while. Well, that's something. I mean, it's something you hope to develop because it, it can be such a valuable. You can look at most teams now. I look to get one try a game from a line yeah. drive, and Wales, for whatever reason, don't quite able to see to turn those positions into the points. Do they? No, they don't. For me, that's Jonathan Humphrey's biggest task. All, all the talk about the scrum, I don't think the scrum's that bad. I think it's creaked at key points and I think they need to learn how to maybe 
you know, deal with the legal scrums. I think the streetwise nature. Yeah, they need to be streetwise. You know, yeah. I, I always remember Adam Jones saying, you know, if you, if you get the sense that, yep, they're getting, getting the push on, you, you, you take it down early because then the ref has to guess. And maybe that's where this, this Wales front row just need to, to, to gain that sort of streetwise nature. Yeah, I think I think there was an element of the caught by surprise with that Bamba move. Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah. he, he went for it. He, he went for broke, didn't he? Mm. I think he knew if it was a good chance if he got penalised, there probably was going to be a penalty try. Yeah. Went for it, got away with it. And Wales have just got to be able to deal with teams it's, doing it's, that. It's, it's no lose for him, isn't it? Because let's be honest, the referee's not going to give a, a yellow card straight away to, no. to no, the, the tight end. No. And I always think, the, how, how much of referee in a scrum in Test Rugby is a lottery? Well, quite a lot of it, isn't it? Exactly. So if you if you if you get if you win the lottery three times, get a yellow card. Yeah. Someone comes in to change the picture. You you are you know risking the odds when you sort of We're take the lottery that, again. Saying on there, I'd love to see the spider cam of, of exactly where everybody was facing in that scrum. Yeah. Where they ended up. I think well, it'd be quite the, best, the best scrum was well, before Win Jones was substituted when he was sort of uh, swimming on top of the scrum. That was a, what happened here? It was the strangest thing. He became detached and he was actually on top of its opposite number. And it was ironic <laughs> after everything because Win obviously made the comments he had about the, you know, the, the French you know, going to be cheating and that the C word was used and you know that was his final act before he was hauled off. The French would have taken some pleasure in that, no <laughs> doubt. You know, but uh, I think probably you would hope over the next week, few weeks, we just don't hear more and more and more again about Wales going on about how they've been hard done by in the scrum because it doesn't really get anywhere. I don't think. No, it doesn't. I think that was a uh, that was a, um, a foolish thing to do. Uh, speaking out about it, I think it handed, uh, gave France the initiative, gave them a uh, team talk, and it highlighted Welsh Welsh uh, weaknesses at the scrum. Wales identified their own weaknesses, if you like, by talking about the scrum. And I don't, and I think doing that also shows your players you haven't got that much confidence in them. I don't actually think the scrum, Welsh scrum is weak. I would, no. I, would, I would actually probably quite like just to hear them talking positively about the strides yeah. they're making and talk about themselves a bit more than the opposition mm. on the scrum, personally. Yeah, talking themselves up rather than uh, almost, almost in a roundabout way, talking themselves down. I suppose you know if if, if you it, it must be a strong scrum if if you're you're consistently asking for just let us scrummage straight within the laws and and, and we'll beat you is 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 what they're saying but it, it does make you look a yes, bit sort of that's an pious and, and and preachy which yeah, doesn't that, always go far. That's an rugby. easy thing to say though, isn't it? Because how many teams actually yeah. do scrummage straight? <coughs> you know, I don't think hardly anyone does really. Do they? Maybe now and again they might do the odd scrum. But generally, people are looking to try and turn people in and force them to collapse. Yeah. So, Andrew, who's going to win at Twickenham tomorrow? Uh, where uh, our next game is going to be? First of all, England play Ireland. Who's going to win that? I think uh, England have absolutely smashed them the last twice they played them. They totally outpowered them. Uh, however, they're missing the Vernapola brothers, and that could be big. Um, I England is still favourites for that game in my book, but it. Uh, but yeah, I will say that uh, Ireland will uh, will nick it. All right, you're going for Ireland. I'm going to go for Ireland to nick it because I think we <laughs> had John Devereux. So went all over the, the Irish scene. No, didn't it? Uh, yeah. no, we had John Devereux in here the other week, Ben. We did, and he gave a fascinating insight into what it's like in an international uh, dressing room. And he's got good contacts, and you know what he talked about. The Saracens thing yeah. that could have had an effect I, on England. Their changing room. Are players actually all players happy with Eddie Jones? 
you know, they had enough of him already. And he, he you know, he pointed just things yeah. that could be go wrong in England change room. And they haven't been fantastic so far in this yeah. championship. Th- th- Big think, game for them. I think the start, their start to the Six Nations has been over scrutinised, I think. They had an off day in France. They would dress, you know, some of the key players just would make an unfair Everything they could have done wrong, they did wrong Yeah, in another five minutes, they probably would have won. they still nearly won it. They um, mm. they went up to a, what was basically a washing machine in Murrayfield yeah. and came away with the victory. Um, the only concern for me is, is, and I know a lot of the English press boys are, are getting a little bit more tired with it, is, is Eddie Jones. Mm. He's just getting more and more sort of loose in his press conferences. I think it's a 50-50 mm. game tomorrow. I, I think, you know, I could see either team winning that. I think they're both, you know, sides that are on their day. Quality, quality teams. There's still a lot of quality in that Irish side. And it's, yep. You know, I quite like what Farrell is bringing to the party. Mm. Um, but then England have got a lot of quality as well. So um, I would, I mean, just purely because they don't lose many games at Twickenham, I would edge towards England. There we go. I mean, by the time people listen to this podcast, they probably already know. So, um yeah, that's all well and good. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a long two weeks now uh, before that trip to Twickenham. I'm sure there'll be a lot of. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. Soul searching in press conferences and <laughs> given it's two weeks of press conferences, I'm sure the scrum will come up. But um, yeah, yeah, but it won a scrum. It won actually the scrum of Cosworth today. Was it? Was it no, I, didn't, I didn't say it was. I was just no, I saying that you know, two weeks of press conferences. It, it may well come up. Mm. And um, yeah, Wales, Wales. It's got to sharpen their attack, haven't they? No arguments. Need more that. creativity, more fluency in attack. Heard that before? Hmm. <laughs> How many times? Quite a few times. Actually. Too many, right? Yeah. So we'll be there every step of the way for the build-up for the next match, Twickenham. But for now, that's all for tonight.